Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos. I'm here with Greg. Hey. That's it. No Avery or Matt Hubertson here today. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Truck Stops Pod, and feel free to email, email us at no truck stops Podcast at gmail.com. This is our basketball episode recapping the week in Pac-12 hoops, talking about who's up, who's down, everything in between. Uh, Avery is out. Because she's violently ill, and we're hearing that it's your fault, Greg. Um, it's not my fault. Her symptoms are completely different than mine, where she has something else. <laughs> I feel abdicated, or whatever the word is. Uh, so I don't think it's abdicated. So no, uh, no, I, I, was, I did nothing wrong. <laughs> so no, no responsibility uh, for getting her sick. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. She's gonna hear this and lose it on you. I uh, hope you're ready. Well, it wasn't me. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we hope Avery gets better. Um, we hope Matthew Bertson finishes building whatever the hell he's been building for the past uh, yeah. however long it's been. <laughs> this man has been building Pyramid. I know this is our basketball episode, um, but we said we wouldn't talk about it until it was official or if it was actually happening. Can we just spend, let's just spend 10 minutes here talking about Mario Cristobal going to Miami, leaving Oregon. Uh, apparently had a big deal. I think the deal was in the $8 million range for 10 years, yeah. which is, wow, that's insane. Um, the first thing that I want to say is, and a question to you, Greg, is what do you have to say to yourself, say for yourself uh, after I told you on this very podcast and on Twitter, hey, maybe Mario Cristobal could leave from Miami. It's home. He's from there. People said that, you know, he has an affinity for Miami. And you said, you're a fucking moron. He would never leave Oregon for Miami. What do you have to say for yourself now? Uh, I would like to say that I assumed Oregon would match any offer that Miami gave. And Oregon did not do that. Is that right? They didn't offer, they didn't match the offer? That's That seemed to be what the Oregon insiders were saying. There was a lot of, like, buzz that uh, there was an extension. And, uh... Mario didn't sign it immediately, you know, like he was thinking, mm. and it got pulled. Wow. And after that, it was just, uh, will Mario take the increase and go to Miami, or will he stay at Oregon for less money? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, it's kind of hard to blame Oregon for not wanting to give him that much money after getting embarrassed in front of a national audience by Utah twice in like three weeks. But at the same time, I'd be really worried if I were an Oregon fan because I don't know who they're going to get that's going to be an upgrade. I think there's a very low chance they're going to get anyone that's going to be an upgrade. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I... Okay, so people know my feelings about Mario Cristobal if you listen to our football episodes. If you're a basketball-only person, I'm so sorry. Just skip the 30 seconds until uh, until we're past this. Um, yeah. I assume people who are listening to this are both Pac-12 football and basketball fans, but if you're only into Pac-12 hoops, just feel free to fast-forward past this. People know that... Um, that I do not think Mario Cristobal is a good coach. I think he's uh, clearly an elite recruiter and does a good job at that. But in terms of the actual football stuff, I think he's uh, terrible at his job. I think he's, 
hired good assistants, which I guess is part of the job. Although those assistants, frankly, kind of looking back on it, have not panned out. Uh, Joe Moorhead had one good game this year and look absolutely full foolish. Um, particularly in the Utah games and in a couple of other games and with the development of Anthony Brown over the season, him not looking any better as the season went on. He has not looked good this year. Tim, uh, Tim DeRuiter has also not looked good. Um, I think Oregon's defense has had some moments, but I would not say it was by any stretch considered anything that we would call very good. So even his assistants are not working out. I think that Oregon dodged a bullet, if I'm being honest. Um, I think that paying I think it would have been more damaging to them to pay $8 million a year for 10 years for Mario Cristobal. And frankly, I'm wondering, were they on the downward trajectory? Like they've gotten 2019 was a pretty solid year. They had some really great moments. They beat the shit out of USC, a decent USC team, not like a horrible, horrible one. Um, And obviously beat the hell out of Utah in the Pac-12 title game. 2020 got a little bit worse. And in fact, they were not particularly good they had some quarterback issues again and 2021 feels like um it feels like it's it's taken a a pretty significant step back so justin if you're just putting it on a trend line like it seemed like the mario cristobal era was trending down and oregon may have gotten out of it before they had to endure some of some of those lows I, it just, I just don't think he was, he was not, he was especially coming off the Pac-12 title game. No way he was worth $8 million a year for 10 years. And if he didn't pan out, that buyout was going to be prohibitive. They would have had to have kept him for much longer than they would have had to. I think they dodged a bullet. I think they can totally get a good coach. Dave Aranda's out there. If they got Dave Aranda, you can, I mean, you tell me, Greg, that's an upgrade, right? Like Dave. 100%. Yeah. If they can get Dave Aranda, then this is like a dream for Oregon. Well, if I was an Oregon fan, I'd be ecstatic, I think. Because you get a guy who I think can recruit. Uh, you know, it's still early in his days as a head coach, but, you know, the LSU defenses he was the defensive coordinator of were, like, absolutely stacked with talent. And I get that LSU always is loaded with talent, but, like, generally bad recruiters, you know, like, I mean, just look at USC. Like, USC always has talent. But when they had a bad recruiter like Clay Helton there, the talent dropped off a bit. Whereas LSU put like the damn near that entire defense into the NFL. And from a football perspective, I have zero qualms about Dave Aranda's ability. Like he's a genius. His defenses are awesome. And like he's not one of those defensive coordinators that's going to just be a defensive coordinator as a head coach. Like, he make he like he's not overly conservative. He goes for it on fourth down more than most coaches in the country do, I think. And I think that's an awesome thing to have. I think most teams should go for it on fourth down more. And uh, hiring Jeff Grimes from BYU was a really great hire that Baylor made. Their offense got leaps and bounds better this year. I think, uh, yeah, I think he'd be a home run hire if they made it. Obviously, you know, you never know if they'll pan out. But, like, in terms of, like, resume, I don't think they could do better. However. If they don't get Dave Aranda, I do think it's going to get worse. Uh, Because while the things you mentioned with Mario are definitely true, I think most of the time I'll take my chances with elite talent and see where we can go from there instead of uh, a coach that, a coach, I guess Chip Kelly is an extreme 
the stream version, but I guess he's a candidate for the job. So like I would 100% take Mario over Chip Kelly because Mario is going to have elite talent. And while if Chip had that elite talent, I think he'd do a better job with it. I expect the program to get significantly worse each year as the talent that leaves the program is replaced by talent that's just not as good, you know, because Chip hates recruiting. Right. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. I think Chip Kelly would be a, a downgrade. I think he's a he's a vastly better football coach than Mario Cristobal, mm-hmm. but yeah, he just doesn't he just doesn't care about recruiting. Won't do it. Um, I, it's it's the same thing that really frustrated Oregon fans. Even while he was at Oregon, he just his roster management and like complete refusal to recruit is a problem. Um, it'll always be a problem. It's been a problem for every single year of his career. So yeah, I think uh, I think that would be a downgrade, but I. I don't know. Like, I think this is the most ideal situation for Oregon to be in, to be on the lookout for a a new head coach dodging maybe one that might not be particularly good, not having to pay him a buyout with all the talent that they have at their disposal right now. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not a bad position to be in. I think right now Oregon is a better job than Baylor. So I think Dave Aranda completely in the cards. Um, That's true, but... He's from L.A., isn't he? Like, grew up yeah, in yeah, UCLA yeah, fan. yeah. Uh, he didn't take the USC job, and a lot of people were saying he got offered it. Yeah. And Oregon, I think, is a much better situation, and Dave Aranda is someone that people have talked about as, like, having a different type of personality. Like, he doesn't really want to have a spotlight on him in the way that a USC head coach might have that spotlight. And a lot of times he doesn't want to have to deal with the type of players that, like, LSU got that... uh usc has where it's a lot of uh managing egos yeah yeah and i mean oregon when you have that much talent is gonna that's gonna be a thing but i think the culture at oregon is much much better than usc and so that's like a place where they might have a leg up and might have a chance at getting him where usc didn't and the spotlight isn't on him nearly as much at Mm -hmm. usc frankly um i mean oregon fans are losing it over like losing mario cristobal who just lost the Pac-12 title game in one of the most humiliating fashions that we've ever seen, um, mm. if not the most humiliating fashion we've ever seen? I, um, I like they would have they would have had him for another four years if he if they went four and eight next year he might have another one or two years to try to figure it out. Um, so I I like that's a I still I think Oregon is a good job. I think Dave Aranda could absolutely go there i i think you're right that maybe the kind of talent that he brings in is going to be a little bit different but oregon is talented right now um they mm-hmm. have talent right now whoever's going to come in here can win in year one um they could they could do some cool stuff which and this is not me trolling i i as a ucla fan i pray uh chip kelly goes to oregon but i don't know chip kelly with that talent with the you know it that's reasonably well coached like enough such that they don't Mm -hmm. have like major behavioral issues and major just like things that were excuses for chip kelly to create a mass exodus at ucla Mm -hmm. if he goes in there and says this roster i'm happy with this roster like he could do some pretty cool stuff with it i think um yeah we gotta see what players yes what players leave oregon because that'll change the right calculus for what that roster is a lot right um I think if this happened in a different coaching market, I'd feel better about it from an Oregon perspective. But in the current market where it's just been chaos and so many guys have got extensions, 
I just don't like it less because the candidate pool is so much smaller. So you don't think a, a, a young assistant out there, like a uh, what's the Georgia defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning, you don't think that'd be an upgrade? I think I think hiring an assistant at a program like Oregon is uh, a mistake. Okay. Uh, it could work out, but like the degree of risk is much higher and you should be a program that does not need to to hire assistants. You should be able to poach Power 5 coaches. Okay, that's fair. I think that's a good point. Um, all right, before we move on, gun to head, who do you think they end up with? Oh man, I have no fucking clue. Zero clue. I just do you believe any of the no Justin Wilcox uh, stuff? Fucking Justin Wilcox, man. He's John not Wilner. A good coach. He owes he Justin Wilcox owes John Wilner like fifteen percent of his salary for what he's done for Seriously, his name. Seriously, the Insane. propaganda that is going on, and it's not even just John Wilner. John like, Wilner started him, it. He started it. Yeah. He's put that out in the discourse, and it's like carried on now. And then, for some reason, there are Oregon fans that are like excited about it, and I don't understand because, like, I get that he's got those Oregon ties, and they're like damaged because coaches yeah. have left them. Yeah. But Justin Wilcox is bad. That's insane. Insane. <laughs> insane. Like, I just can't believe they, they're... That's, yeah, that's I a, think... That's a conversation. I think the person they hire will not be one of the three that I saw as, like, the betting favorites or whatever. Chip Kelly, Aranda, and... Chip uh, Kelly, Aranda, Wilcox. and Wilcox. I don't think it'll be one of those three I if I had so to either. guess. But uh, I have no idea who I think it'll be. And I do think Oregon fans will be disappointed. I, I think it makes all the sense. I think Dave Aranda makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the poll for Chip Kelly will be interesting. Do people actually think that he's turned around UCLA? I don't know. Um, the betting odds are the betting odds. I don't, I, don't know how, I don't know how often those things are right when it comes to like coaching. That seems kind of arbitrary and weird. I mean, Not they don't really metrics. have sources. Yeah, yeah, it's just about who who's getting the most buzz right right okay anyway so that's that let's 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 talk about hoops and then we can see how we can we can see how that develops with yeah. uh, with Chris Paul let's start this week with our peak of the pack and now the peak of the pack All that pomp and circumstance for one week of Pac-12 basketball. As usual, every week we talk about which Pac-12 teams had the best week in the league and which teams we were most impressed with. We can't talk about every single game, so this is our way of talking about what happened around um, the Pac-12 over the past week. Greg, who was your peak of the pack over the past week? I think it's USC again for me. Uh they're 2-0 and in the conference this week, uh, and they've moved to 16 in the AP poll. The win against Washington State especially was very impressive to me. I know Wazoo lost Eastern Washington earlier this year, but like, I still think they're a very good team. I think they just have some variant. They're just going to have some variance to them this year. Uh, so I think that's a good win for USC. And then they played Utah, who was even more injured than they usually are because Carl- Brandon Carlson, Utah's center, uh, got what looked like a sprained ankle earlier in the like halfway through the second half, I want to say, and uh, he couldn't come back. And so they beat Utah by 20, but I still thought it was like a, a very good defensive performance from them. And they got out in transition and it was, it was good to see. Uh, and right now Ken Palm has them as the number two team in uh, the PAC 12 behind UCLA. They're ahead of Arizona, which surprised me when I was looking at it, but I think they've, I think they've had a really good week. That's a good pick. Um, USC obviously looked very, very good. Um, I'm actually going to go with the team that lost, um, and I'm going to go with 
I'm going to go with them because I think it's the way they lost. I'm going to say Washington State. You mentioned how USC beat Washington State. That Washington State team, they're competitive. I think it was, and I know it was in Pullman, um, and so you have to kind of factor in. I feel like road games in college hoops matter a lot more, and are and are uh, they're much tougher. Road games are much tougher to win um, than than home games. So credit to USC for actually doing that. But I Washington State played USC much better than I think a lot of people were expecting, and that USC team is um looks very good and in fact um, we'll talk about this a little bit later with the net rankings number seven in the net um so i i was really impressed with washington state's defense i thought they did a really good job on their bigs i thought fa abagidi um and muhammad gay did a really good job on limiting isaiah mobley and chavez goodwin for usc those two guys had run roughshod over everyone they've played. And so for Muhammad Gay and F. Abigidi, they're two big men to come in and um, defend them the way that they did. It was pretty impressive. Uh, USC did come away with the win, but like you got to credit them for that. Um, I thought there was some ugly shooting from Washington State that kind of made this a, an ugly game. It was 63-61. Washington State really had to, uh, was, was really pushing and honestly had multiple opportunities to win this game. Um, we're actually up late. Uh, were it not for a couple of heroics from from USC, from Chavez Goodwin, um, from Drew Peterson, USC obviously has a ton of players, but Washington State just looks good. I'm really, I was really impressed with them. Um, no Williams actually had a chance to win it at the end there. He kind of had an open, um, and this just kind of speaks to USC's athleticism. Honestly, uh, No Williams got open, kind of a uh, close to the baseline for a uh, for a short jumper there. And um, I always forget how to say Aguang Polo, um, USC's one of USC's uh, wings, got like just freakishly long and blocked his shot. Mm-hmm. That kind of ended that game. But um, but I was impressed with just how much not not just how much fight Washington State had, but like they had the talent to keep up with USC step for step. Um, this was not a fluke by any means. It really felt like a culmination of what Washington State had been doing. So they're my other peak of the pack. Um, I think mm-hmm. I think it was a good pick. Washington State played really well, and if we think USC, like you know, if USC is as good as we think they are, that's a very impressive performance to lose by what two, right? Yeah, right. And and at the last minute, and to have a lead multiple times late. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is a peak for that peak of the pack for you? Any any other teams? Yeah, well, I mean, the other two teams that didn't lose, uh, Arizona and UCLA, they only played one game each because. Uh, they were both scheduled to play Washington, who got COVID, and so uh, Arizona had their game postponed, whereas UCLA got a win by forfeit from Washington. Uh, but they both won, and they're up to 11-5 and five in the AP poll, respectively. Arizona had a bit of a scare against Oregon State, but uh, they pulled away pretty early in the second half, and uh, UCLA was in, t- in control of the entire game against Colorado, like... I guess 12 isn't that big of a margin, but like nobody watching that game ever thought it was close. And uh, yeah, I think I think those two, I mean, it wasn't spectacular, but yeah. they, they took care of business. Yeah. I mean, uh, Colorado did get within four or five, I think somewhere midway through the second quarter. There was a point where uh, Colorado kind of came close, but no, I think there was not much doubt that UCLA was going to be able to put that away. Um, they, they pulled away later um, that, and it was, it was a mostly game they were in control of um i'm gonna say another peak of the pack for me is arizona because man they're getting a ton of national love right now 
Um, mm-hmm. In the net rankings, they're number three. I've seen a number of Arizona's number three in the net rankings. Yes. Wow. So, yeah. So we'll talk about the net rankings uh, here in a bit, but I they're they're being put in the top five in a ton of people's um, ballots here. I think they're getting they're getting a ton of love. People are starting to recognize how good they are. They're like we like you said, they're number eleven in the AP poll now. So yeah, so that's another peak of the pack. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's a good one. All right, now let's move on and talk about teams that are down bad every week. We also talk about which teams, players, whoever had the crummiest week in the league. So go ahead and Greg, who is down bad this week? Well, feels like Oregon has become. <laughs> the flagship oh, program of this god. segment oh my god every way every week they find new ways to disappoint us you know like i thought asu was a lock to be like down bad team but after they failed to like you know they they failed to score 30 points and somehow oregon had the worst week just because i mean oregon lost to the team that failed to score 30 points in a game i'm never trusting this oregon came again and i am like i think past the point where I expect them to turn it around. Like, I think at this point, I just think they're not good. Yeah, they're not good. This is, it, it, I think they're definitively bad. I think we can say they're definitively bad to mediocre. Somewhere in between there. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Again, another brutal offensive performance for Oregon. That was a, The score was an overtime score of 69. Very nice to uh, 67. Arizona State beating Oregon. 67 points in over, uh, in, in, Two in a full game and in an overtime is, is pretty brutal. Um, and again, another horrific shooting night. 41% from the field and 18% from three. Four for 22 from the three. Um, <sighs> uh, yeah, they, they just, they don't have, they do not have it this year. Um, Will Richardson, again, a player that we thought was going to be the best shooter in the conference. One for nine. Um absolutely brutal that's 11 percent um in case you don't know how to do percentages which we're not making fun of you or anything like that um yeah absolutely brutal performance from oregon um arizona state i don't know how much of this was arizona state versus oregon i guess you got to give some credit to arizona state i do sicko's game of the season so far yeah no kidding (laughs) the other the down bet so my down bad was i think oregon's a great one my down bad's arizona state um Mm I thought, again, they looked brutal um, against Oregon offensively. I did not think they looked good, but their defensive effort was there. I think their defensive effort has actually been kind of impressive. You know, they've I, they've definitely tried. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. that they've been horrific um, defensively. But offensively, we have to talk about the fact that they scored 29 points in a full game against Washington State. That's historically bad. That's I don't I've never watched a college basketball game, a basketball game period. <laughs> 29 points in one entire game. Got bl- I think mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sorry, go on. You got Washington State State scored 51 and blew them out by like 22. That's insane to me. Um I like I have I had no words after watching that game. We were kind of talking about it on Twitter. No words for what the whatever the hell that was. They made 12 shots that entire game. 21% from the field, 11% from three, three for 26 from three. They only made two free throws. They had eight, eight opportunities. If they had made one, they would have gotten to 30, which would have been slightly less embarrassing. But like, ah, oh, that was that was absolutely brutal. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I saw an Arizona State uh, reporter might have been Chris Cartman from 247. He said uh, 
that was like the least amount of points they'd scored since like 1948 or something like that. Yeah. And there was another person who said Arizona State's football team has scored more than 29 points seven times this season. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just absolutely pathetic. How, how, I don't understand how it's possible that you score that few points. They got out rebounded like by 13 or 14, I want to say. Yeah, 14. And I mean, obviously, that's a big reason why they got uh, they got beat like that, and they put up such a bad offensive performance. But how are you going to get out rebounded by that much? It, uh, and how are you going to score only twenty nine points against a Washington State team that like had defensive issues against a team like Winthrop? Yeah, I mean, I, look, that Washington State defense is good. Like, I don't want to take anything away from them, and I and I get that they had a bad. We have to remember that Washington State. I we didn't talk about this, but when Washington State lost to Eastern Washington, um, they were down Noah Williams, their leading scorer, and they were down. Ooh, I want to say. Oh, I've got to go back and look at the look at the the box score here. They were down. Uh, wasn't my uh, yeah, FA Begitti. Uh, they were down. They were definitely down Noah Williams, who was their best player. They were, they were mm-hmm. missing someone else in that game, too. And, and, yeah, DJ Rodman does not normally start for them. Oh, TJ Bamba. Sorry. It was TJ Bamba. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's what I was looking for. TJ Bamba and Noah Williams, two of their most important contributors. Noah Williams, people say, one of the best two-way players in the Pac-12. Um, he was out, so I kind of, I'm kind of i giving them a pass for that Eastern Washington game because we forgot about that. We forgot mm-hmm. to mention that. Um, their defense has been good, but like not holding a division one power yeah, six like, basketball team to 29 points. They're not that good. Mm-hmm. It's not like bad, but it's not. Yeah. It's I not don't elite. think it's particularly good. Yeah. yeah, It's not. Elite. And I just don't understand how I'm still baffled. You know, you, you get here. I'm, I just don't understand how it's possible. That they would score that few points, especially with a coach that's calling card is offense. Yeah. So like that's supposed to be Bobby Hurley's entire thing, but oh man, and the guard play from them, yeah, is just terrific. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you watched the first half of that game. I thought both of these teams were dog shit in the first half. It was it, it was an 18 to 10 score. Honestly, some of the funniest basketball I've ever seen. Um, like it was like there was a stretch there for about I, I think they were stuck at like 10 to two, like up until an eight minute mark or something in the, in the first half, like, and it was like, it was missing like wide open shots and breaking them. But it was also just like turning the ball over that first half basketball, the ugliest thing I've ever seen to the point where it was actually like wildly entertaining. Like that was cheese at ball level shit from them. I mean, I didn't watch the first half and then I saw the score and I thought, I should do it for okay, the second. I have, to, I have to watch this. Yeah, I have to watch this. And then just watching the game, like I know there were more points scored total in the uh, in the second game. I'm not saying in the second half, uh, but I mean, I feel like Arizona State was pretty consistent, and they scored yes. like 14 in one half, 15 in the other. Yeah, 10 and 19. Um, okay. So a little bit more, but Washington State looked normal, like not great offensively. Jesus, but- 10 points in one half, man. It's it was disgusting. Uh, Arizona State should should win down bad for yeah, the entire I'm gonna year. Res- for yeah, that. I'm gonna rescind my Oregon pick. I get that they lost to this Arizona State team, but oof. Yeah, twenty nine points. I mean, yeah, that's the worst performance like any Pac twelve team has put up. Yeah, I don't know how long. Right. 
Anyway, uh, any any other teams that are down bad? Uh, I did not have one. I feel like those two separated themselves this week. <laughs> I guess you could have Washington just because they have COVID, COVID yeah. but they didn't lose. So right. well, I guess they had a forfeit loss. But no, right? Uh, yeah, Washington did have a forfeit loss um, to UCLA. So UCLA picks up another win, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean it, it was it was uh, pretty unfortunate. Everyone else, yeah, I mean. Cal looked okay against Utah. Um, mm-hmm. Utah has some serious de- – they should probably be down bad again for another week just because of their growing depth issues. I actually thought they fought well given what they had to deal with against USC. Their best player, um, Brandon Carlson, goes down, fought, and, you know, USC blew him out early, and it was a 20-point game the entire way. Easily could have gone to, like, 30, 35, even 40. Could have been embarrassing, epic proportion blowout. Um, but it, it, it wasn't so, um, but down bad for them just cause they, mm-hmm. they have what, seven healthy scholarship players now. Uh, you know, Carlson played against Cal. Oh, I didn't I know, know that. You saw no, that. I didn't. Yeah. He no, played against Cal. He was clearly not hundred percent, but he was there, which is, you know, well, more it looked than like... I think it looked like he was hurt. Yes. He was going to be out for a few weeks, but, uh, you know, he played against Cal. There was, I think a brace. Not like more than just tape on his ankle, but he played, uh, which you know I think is really good for Utah because they need him. Booth Gotch has had an incredible week. Like if we were gonna do the Avery thing of picking a player for peak of the pack, he would have been it. I think he had twenty eight against USC mm-hmm. in that game, and he's the reason Utah didn't lose by more than twenty. And against Cal, I think he had, uh, what was it? Yeah, he had 19 points on 7 of 10 shooting. Like, he carried Utah's offense. And that's what they need him. That's that's what they need. Uh, yeah. They need someone who can do that. And if he's going to keep that up, I'm a lot more optimi- optimistic about what Utah can be this year. Yeah. No, I, I he, he looked really good against USC. Did not watch the, US, uh, the Utah-Cal game. Um, so I did, can't really speak to that. But against USC, uh, he was throwing flames um, and it was going blow for blow. I mean, Utah played an even game with USC after USC got up by 20. A lot like the UCLA-Gonzaga game. Not that those teams mm-hmm. are obviously on that level, but like, you know, it was it was very similar. Yeah. So um, one, I forgot to mention one, uh, <laughs> one peak of the pack. I was going to pick UCLA just because Gonzaga doesn't look that great. And I know that's counterintuitive, <laughs> but uh, it does kind of, uh, so Gonzaga. Schadenfreude. Yeah. Well, you know, it's also just like, okay, maybe UCLA was sick to get, blown out by gonzaga like that maybe the players were not feeling well as we were kind of talking mm-hmm. about and the rumors were out there because they went and lost to duke they did not look good against they almost lost to tarleton state um and then they lost to who was their most recent loss to oh i mean it was a good team i can't remember i i i, I know it but like it is escaping me here truck I'll, stops. I'll find oh, alabama it. There it is, yeah. Yeah, it was another truck stop. I don't know, I'm paying attention. So I don't know, maybe helps you. Maybe helps UCLA a little bit to be like, hey, you know what, that that game kind of doesn't count. On the other hand, uh, Gonzaga, a team who beat you by 20. Like, yeah, they don't look good. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I see. don't think that's the UCLA that we will see come tournament time. So doesn't seem like it. Um, okay, so I first was, so originally what I was going to do was introduce a new segment uh, as a way to help people keep up with the Pac-12 hierarchy. Um, I kind of have ranked all the 12, ba- 12 basketball teams, Pac-12 basketball teams, and put them into tiers. So I was going to present these, but I, I thought let's let's actually just start with the net rankings here because I think th- okay. those just dropped 
this morning, Tuesday, mo- uh, Monday morning as we record this. So I just thought I'd go through them. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and, and as uh, I'm going to give you four at a time. I'll give you, I'll put them into brackets here just based on how far apart they are. Okay, so uh, number one in the net rankings in the conference, uh, number three nationally, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Number seven, USC. Oh. Number 33, UCLA. Wow. Number 57, Utah. Number 61, Washington State. Any reactions to that? I mean, a lot. Arizona number three is like, wow. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they got that high. <laughs> I mean, they've looked <laughs> like, so dumb. I mean, they're like they 30, have looked point, so good 30 point and... wins against, I mean, you know, lower competition, but they're blowing them out. Mm-hmm. And they played Michigan, although Michigan is not what we thought they were. They Although Michigan did had... beat the shit out of San Diego State, if that's any, oh. that's, that's any help. Okay. I mean, that makes them look better, but I think they lost to someone else after they lost to Arizona, didn't they? Yeah, they lost. Yeah, they did. They, I can't remember who it was. It might have been like Seton Hall. I'm pretty sure they lost to Seton Hall beforehand. They lost to Seton Hall before. Oh, they got killed by North Carolina. That's right. Yeah, and I don't think. Yeah, North Carolina's not ranked. It looks like. Right. Yeah, so it's it's <laughs> it's not been great for Michigan, but you know, good for Arizona if they're looking that good to to the computers that are doing the net rankings and USC. And number seven shocks me as well. I think they've looked awesome, but I don't know if they've looked that awesome. The one, obviously, I think that shocks me and probably you the most is UCLA being at 33, you said? Yeah. That I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how that happens. I feel like they've played a good schedule, and aside from the Gonzaga game, they've looked really good. Although, I guess, was it Bakersfield that they struggled a bit against, or was it, it was, a different UC school? Yeah, so it was um, It was actually, so my my thinking for this, I think it m- kind of makes sense. I think just given that against poor competition, UCLA, and, uh, Arizona and USC have both looked very dominant against poor competition. Mm-hmm. UCLA has UCLA played, left some hang around Yeah, they played with their food, right? Bellarmine, mm-hmm. they only won by 12 against oh, right. Bellarmine. Bellarmine, that's the one I was thinking of. But also Long Beach State, they they didn't cover, only won by 21 and mostly had a horrible defensive, uh, was horribly defensively inefficient that game. Um, obviously got blown up by Gonzaga, but, you know, what are you going to do there? I, so I, I think it makes sense just in terms of pure... Like, how have these teams looked analytically? Um, I, I mean, I think I think we would agree that UCLA is still the best team in the conference. Mm-hmm. Not far behind is Arizona and USC. But given, like, how they've performed, you might say, well, all right, UCLA, like, it makes sense. Like, yeah. Arizona and USC are killing bad teams, killing mm-hmm. them. It's not so much that I'm shocked that Arizona and USC are higher. It's that, like, I'm shocked Arizona and USC are top 10 where UCLA is not even top 25, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, so that's the first. Uh, number three, Arizona. Number seven, USC. Number 33, UCLA. Number 57, Utah. Number 61, Wazoo. Did you have Yeah, I'm also surprised by Wazoo being that low. Utah feels anywhere from like 50 to 70. It's like whatever. Makes sense. Uh, Wazoo, I'm surprised they're not higher. I guess the Eastern Washington loss is going to cost them a lot there. Yeah. And, and you know, played with their food a little bit too. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's. Oh, yeah. uh, I'll go on to the next two here. Just give you another four more. Uh, these are in the 100s. Number 119, Colorado. Number 143, Stanford. Number 153, Oregon. Number 165, Cal. Any reactions to these? 
I mean, makes sense. All of it, I think. Yeah. Just the depressing <laughs> that Oregon is that close to Cal. I mean, I I, it was a joke at the beginning where I was like, Oregon is closer to Cal than they are to UCLA. But yeah. like, you were right. <laughs> it turns out I did not think it'd be that bad. That was more of a troll. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, and then the bottom three here: number two twenty-one Arizona State, number two thirty-one Washington, number two eighty-one Oregon State. Are you surprised Oregon State's that low? I mean, they look terrible, man. They've, been they've looked so bad. They've been garbage. They've been absolutely garbage. What, what did you say Arizona State was again? Two twenty-one. Yeah, and that that feels. That's the third. Yeah, I mean, they're ninth in the pack. Not good this year. Yeah. It looks like so far, which is. They've got they've got which is disappointing. They've got three teams that I think you could call elite. I think they've got two, maybe three. If Colorado can get up there, th- two to three bubble teams. Although Utah, Washington State clearly mm. look better than Colorado does, and the rest is just whatever. Like, yeah, is there a gap between Stanford and Oregon State? Sure, but like, who the fuck cares? Um, mm-hmm. It's yeah, kind of rough. Rough. I said that eight Pac-12 teams were going to get into the tournament. No way. Uh, We'd be, I think we'd be lucky to get four. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking we're guaranteed three. Right. And then got to hope that, I mean, I just don't think Utah can, I don't think Utah can keep it up. Right. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. They've lost to the two good teams they've played so far, and I get that they were competitive against BYU the whole game, and against USC they were competitive before Carlson went out, but I think the depth thing is going to plague them like the entire year yeah so i I just don't feel comfortable saying they're gonna get in however i do and it might just be wishful thinking for me but i do think washington state is gonna make it but four four bids is without a doubt a disappointing year if that's what's gonna be totally absolutely um i was gonna say share my uh, rankings and tiers that i written up before this with Mm -hmm. not knowing the net rankings are gonna come out uh, so in tier one, I had UCLA, Arizona, USC, Washington State in that order. I kind of just think, I don't know, Washington State has been impressive mm-hmm. to me. And again, I've absolved them of that loss to Eastern Washington because they didn't have Noah Williams. They didn't have TJ Bamba, two really good defenders, one of whom is their best offensive player. Nah, well, you know, one of their, one of their best, I think their primary ball handler and scorer. So I'll give them a pass for that. Uh, tier two, I had Utah, Colorado, and Oregon in that. Maybe I should put Oregon in the next tier, but I just, they just have so much talent. It's like hard for me to stick them with the rest of these. Tier three, I had Cal, Stanford, and Washington. Um, and then bottom, bottom tier, I had Arizona State, Oregon. I guess this is, yeah, I mean, I still, I still think Arizona State, they have talent, but they just, they look horrific. And, and I just, oh, yeah, they're so clearly bad. They're very, very bad. So anyway, you know, if I was, if I was going to change it, and I think it was pretty good, uh, I, I don't have any problem with the order of it at all. Uh, I think you nailed that. I would probably just put more separation between Washington State and USC, and I get that they just played a close game. Yeah, but I mean, it's not a one game se- like it's not a one game season. That's right. It's about what you do against everyone, and I just love U- USC's length and athleticism. Yeah, it's daunting. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd probably. I'd probably bump Oregon down a tier. Like I see what you're saying with the talent, but at this point for me, until they prove that there's something other than a bad team, I'm probably just going to keep them with the bad teams. And you know, the bottom tier of Arizona state and Oregon state, like, Oh my, Oh my God. I thought, I thought after the UC San Diego to UC San Diego loss, I thought uh, California 
might be about that bad, but I did not think anyone else was going to be as bad as Arizona State and Oregon State have been. Yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah, the the bottom of the conference is horrific, like terrible, terrible. Um. Okay. Well, let's move on. We're almost done here, but before we go, let's do some game predictions. Okay, I can't lie. There are some poopy games this week. <laughs> um, maybe a function of the Pac-12 being bad. So I went with two games, both on Saturday, December 11th at 11.30 a.m. Pacific. UCLA is traveling to Milwaukee to play Marquette in a true road game. Who do you think wins that one? Do you know anything about Marquette? I don't know a ton about Marquette. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to look them up in the camera. I know that they have been disappointing recently. Oh, I guess not recently, but last season, I think it was not good for them. Yeah, um, they are number 77 in Kempom, uh, number 92 in offensive efficiency, number 67 in defensive efficiency. Uh, interesting, number uh, number two in tempo, so they play some of the oh. fastest ball in the country. I think, I mean, I think that a high pace plays into UCLA's hands, just with the athletes they have, and with, uh, I mean, they're more talented, and for me... I think as a general rule of thumb in basketball, the more possessions there are, like that's just more possessions for the better team to establish a gap, you know? And so I'm going to take, I'm going to take UCLA to get it done and get it done pretty comfortably in that game. Probably like around what they beat Colorado by, like I think they'll separate pretty early and it'll just be like keeping them at arm's length for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, I think I agree. Um, I think I'd be curious to see if UCLA tries to, I'm sure they're going to try to slow down Marquette. Um, be interesting to see if they can and how, what they do offensively. Are they going to also complement their offense by slowing it down a little bit? Who knows? We'll see. They've been, they've been trying to pick up the pace this year. Um, and by far, this is one of Mick Cronin's fastest teams are actually 140 in uh, tempo out of, you know, if you're, if you're a college basketball casual, 358 teams. So top half in the country. Uh, we'll see. Okay, the second game, 2 p.m. Pacific, Arizona, number 20th in, in number 20 in Kempom. Actually, they went up since I wrote this, right? What are they now? Uh, I think they're 11. They are 12. Oh, not, not 11. They're 12. Yeah. They're 12th in Kempom. Um, they're traveling to Urbana-Champaign to play Illinois. Illinois is number 18 in Kempom, but I think they're really high in the net, I think. Illinois? Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what their net ranking is? I don't know what the net is. I hadn't known that the net came out until you said it. Oh, I see. Um, They are... Oh, boy. Can't find them. Maybe they're not that good in the net. They're number 48 (laughs) in net. (laughs) Okay, so not great. Not Not great. great. Yeah, so... Much uh, higher in Ken Palm. Ken Palm Palm and the net disagree a little bit here. Anyway... I think Ken Palm is a little more predictive than than that is. I agree. Uh, Net is more of a... Resume. Who deserves, yeah. I agree. Although, they tried to make the net a little bit more predictive than they did resume whatever anyway nerd stats mm-hmm. who cares um yeah. that's another true road game for errors this one's a true road game another true road game for the pac-12 a true road game for arizona big test i think even though illinois may or may not be that good so who do you think wins that one i'm really excited to watch this game it's gonna be fun, uh, it's gonna be fun. no yeah, football like, either we can watch this one uninterrupted yes i i think the matchup of the bigs is uh the i mean that's the headliner here right uh, Arizona's bigs with Kofi Coburn and uh, I mean not Kofi that's Illinois uh, (laughs) but how Christian Coloco handles Kofi Coburn I mean he handled 
Hunter Dickinson, another, you know, uh, supposed, supposed elite Big Ten big man. How's he going to do with Kofi? I think it should be awesome. They'll be facing former Utah player Alfonso Plummer, who has been on a heater recently. And on the season, he's averaging 15 points per game. But I think I think Arizona's going to keep rolling. Uh, they've got they've just got more than more than Illinois does. I think like Alfonso Plummer is a solid player, but Benedict Matherin is I mean he's just much better at like everything except for I guess shooting. But even then, it's close. Yeah. So I, I think I think Arizona's going to roll. It, it's just a good matchup for them. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, that, those two games, by the way, are back to back on Fox. So, so oh. go to channel, go to Fox, um, and stick around there from eleven thirty a.m. Pacific all the way until two p.m. Um, what's that? I have one other game. Oh, that you... I think could be interesting. Okay, well, uh, uh, first, real quick, I think Arizona's going to win back to back. Go oh, ahead. My bad. Go ahead. I go ahead. I already said that for some reason. <laughs> uh, Colorado versus Milwaukee, not really for a matchup of quality teams, but. Jabari Walker is a first-round NBA draft prospect, and uh, he's playing at Colorado because I mean he's playing at Milwaukee because his dad coaches there. No, not Jabari Walker. I don't know why I just read the name of a Colorado player. <laughs> I am fucking. Oh man, did I get this team mixed up? You might have. <laughs> I might have. Let me see. I don't know. I don't know any of the truck stop players. I got it. Vin Baker Jr. Is that a, is that Vin Baker's yes. kid? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Uh, that's a that's a an old head reference for anyone who knows who Vin Baker is. That's the one. Wait, no, it's not. Yeah, I guess <laughs> cut this because like I must be thinking of a different team. All right, you officially we officially cannot recommend anyone watch Colorado and Milwaukee. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a dumbass. All Don't right. watch that game. Don't watch that game. Don't scrub fucking watch it. Don't, yeah, scrub Colorado that game sucks. don't watch them. Yeah, don't watch them. Just Saturday, if you're college basketball casual, watch your team and then watch uh, sit around Saturday. No college football. Settle in for some really quality college hoops. It's going to be super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's it for us. Oh, I remember the name. <laughs> what was it? Patrick Baldwin Jr. There it is. Good. Truck, <laughs> truck stop player if you want to watch him. I He's going to be a first round draft pick. 69 to 20 should be pretty good. Okay. But Milwaukee sucks and so does Colorado. So, if you don't watch it, don't feel bad. Yeah, it's also on the Pac-12 network so even 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 a better reason not to watch. Although Pac-12 network has some good production basketball-wise. As anyway, long as Don McLean's not on the call. Yeah, Don McLean. Oh god. Oh. I mean, I'm uh, <laughs> respect to him for trying but man i cannot i cannot listen to those games anyway that's it for us uh we're here every tuesday morning uh talking about pac-12 hoops for carlos at equity bruin uh i'm carlos i'm just reading the notes yes. that i left here from matt i'm carlos at equity <laughs> bruin for me <laughs> uh, uh this has been greg at banana morphs and no avery and no matt but they're at, at brave underscore grapes and at matt Niber. Thank you for listening, and remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Rumors still and thick with smoke, so thick it makes you choke. The crowd falls in, the cup is kicking, and my patience is wearing thin.